0: Um, My name's Asher. This is Jeremy. Jeremy, this is everyone. I'm going to go ahead and uh, dismiss temporarily the musicians and singers for a little bit. Jeremy and I are going to have a little Q&A where I'm going to ask him some questions so that you guys can hear uh, what I and elders and Kyla and Cheryl have been able to hear over the last several months. Um, And that way we can all get to know him a little bit better. Uh, Obviously, his wife isn't able to be with us tonight, uh, nor his son, because his son is, as of tomorrow, three weeks old. So uh, we're certainly missing out on them. Brooke and I were able to spend a lot of time with Hannah and uh, over maybe a month or so ago, and so we certainly would wish that she was here, but certainly understand. So Jeremy, I'm already out of breath. I don't know if you are, um, just walking up the steps. So if you could... It's a high stage. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, and then also about Hannah, and um, maybe how you coordinated shirts with me on a lighter, a lighter tone—a little summer coral, maybe. I didn't turn his mic on. This is a test to see. Check, check, know. check, check, check. There it is. Right. There it
1: is. Hello, uh, my name is Jeremy Mans, and I'm from Dallas-Fort Worth area, and um, been in ministry for twelve years, and privilege of serving in uh, the church I grew up in in uh, Arlington, Texas, and then moving out to Amarillo three years ago, and in the process, my wife and I got married, and so we decided to do stressful things all at once, so we just had a child, and we might be moving again, so. And, and you guys moved out to Panhandle, not married, so you were engaged, and then
0: I got married like one or two months later, right? That is exactly right. Okay. Great, so I listened. Very <laughs> you good. <do>. Okay. <laughs> Um well so all right, so you grew up in the Arlington area, you've you've served at different churches. Um tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously one of the qualifications of the job that you're coming that you're possibly coming into is that you have to be a Christian. So tell us about that part of your past, maybe what you were normally, but then your faith and how you came to faith and what that's looked like since then.
1: Sure. So um typical family grew up in a a church and was there my whole life and and thought. Just like, unfortunately, a lot of our, our younger uh, believers that you grow up in, as a Christian rather than having a, a, a new birth. And so I grew up, and it wasn't until junior high that uh, our youth retreat where I heard the gospel and I received the Lord uh, as Savior and, and Lord and um, felt a call of ministry short after that, uh, beginning of uh, high school. And so here I am now.
0: And your your academic path, so high school, college, Tell us a little bit about that, or did you go to high school? I did. Okay, I did, did and I finished. Yeah. So Well, uh, that
1: you know, that's... My mom um, didn't, wasn't sure if I was going to make it, but I did. Where did you go to college at? Uh, U, UT Arlington, so Texas. So not the University of Texas
0: that no. we all don't like, but... No, just
1: Texas. a little bit under that and your hatred for it, I'm yeah. sure. Okay.
0: What did you study at UTA? Music. I studied okay. music. Now, what kind of music, so I don't know anything about music, what kind of music did you study or work with? We just saw you play five songs. Mm-hmm. Tell us about kind of the expanse of what you know, don't know, what you learned uh, in that process. In
1: college, I studied guitar and, and uh, sang in the choir and served on staff at the church. So I had a lot of different uh, experiences with music. And then I, in music school, you have to learn piano. So uh, and then I during the education I actually taught other guitar players and piano players and and so um, yeah did a lot of studio work in in college and so I'm very familiar with the uh, tech side of things and being able to actually our last church we just wired rewired the whole sanctuary with a, a sound system and so uh, that was kind of my college experience. That's great. All of the above.
0: Um, great. Uh, so your wife Hannah. What is she like? Do you like her? She's awesome. Um, t- tell us a little bit about her. Is she was here answering for herself. Who is she? And then I want to ask you, how did you guys
1: meet? What's that like? She wouldn't want to answer. She'd make me answer for her. So uh, there's that. Uh, she's really supportive and uh, really approachable. Um, she just—that's what I love about her—is is everyone relates to her and just, just clicks with her as a person where, you know, she, she's able to just identify with every people and, and love on every people. And so I really appreciate her support in ministry. I really uh, appreciate her love for our child. Even two weeks, only two weeks of being a dad, it's completely changed our worlds. And I, my love for my wife has grown exponentially in seeing a role change and seeing her become a mother and how she loves her child. And I think that just is a picture of ministry is where she loves people that way, where she drops everything for what other people need.
0: Um, does she, I would imagine she's not working currently, only three weeks
1: out. Did she work before that? She What's, did. Her, what's her kind of vocational background? Well, she, uh, she does hair. And uh, so she, she's a cosmetologist, but the, the last three years, a good opportunity working for an accountant kind of sprang up. And so she's been uh, an AA, administrative assistant for an accountant. and so. But now she's not working. She's taking care of a baby.
0: Uh, so how did you guys meet? Uh, and tell the real story. Don't just tell the Facebook story. Oh, no. Hi, everyone, I got to hear
1: it. So how did you guys right meet? Right under
0: the bus. You saw her and, like Christ, pursued your bride. Is that right?
1: Yes. It was, it was not... Uh, creepy at all. Uh, (laughs) I was, uh, actually, I was leading worship at an event at the church I grew up at, and um, I thought she was pretty, and I heard she was going to IHOP, and so I went to IHOP, and uh, at first she didn't like me. She thought I was stuck up, but, you know, power of persuasion and charm, I I was able to persuade her.
0: So you just showed up by yourself to IHOP?
1: Well, I knew everyone else. It wasn't like, I'm just following this girl. It wasn't like, that's weird. Well, just,
0: yes, thank you, (laughs) because... That would be news to me, and maybe yes. a disqualifier. So new background check. No. Um, <laughs> okay, so you guys have a son. What? Tell us about him. People, people apparently like to know like weight and size and He was
1: eight three. He was a big boy because my wife is small. So like, bless her heart, like she had a lot of work there. But eight three, twenty one and a half inches long, and uh, he looks like me, but he acts like Hannah. Praise the Lord because for the second part, well, she can. Okay. He, he can yeah, look I like, like her. Wow, he just said. threw your wife under no, the bus. No, like, for... but it, I was a terrible child. So she's I a great personality. So, yeah. so thankful for that.
0: Um, let's pray. No. <laughs> This is going to really work out for me. Oh um, you, what's, what's his name? Tell us, tell us about the name, why he named him that. I think that, that also says a little bit about you uh, and your thought his process. His
1: name is Haddon uh, Daniel Manns. He was named after Charles Haddon Spurgeon, 19th century uh, preacher who just was ahead of his time and who actually expositionally people study today that are going into the ministry. So Haddon is his middle name. We just didn't think Charles would fit, but Haddon's better. Why
0: Daniel just, you love the story? Uh, Daniel's my middle name, so. Okay. So it's not because it's a Bible name, it's.
1: Uh, somewhere in there. Yeah, okay.
0: Well, that's great. All right, so um, anything else that you want to tell
1: us maybe about yourself or Hannah or Haddon? Where's uh, she from? Sorry, I didn't. She is actually from San Antonio, so I moved her nine hours away, away from her family.
0: Okay. How far away are we from San Antonio? Oh. In like nine and a half?
1: Probably similar, nine hours. Easier shot. Depends though. how fast you drive, so yeah, drive the speed limit.
0: <laughs> well, Dallas is miserable, so there's always that roadblock, <sighs> right? Or
1: whatever. Um, tell
0: us, uh, so theologically, yes. right, music is theology out loud. So mm-hmm. tell us maybe your perspective on uh, theology when it comes to music, maybe when you came to that understanding. Uh, you know, we all come to an understanding of our own personal, how do we read the Bible? How do we know about God? So maybe, I know that was like 20 different questions all in one, so you're welcome to say anything. When you think of music and life groups and just the church, theologically, how do you think through Sunday Mm -hmm. with a theological lens?
1: So we only have a certain amount of time every week to meet together and hear from the Word of God, so I'm really intentional about the songs that we sing. I think that the songs that we sing should be biblically accurate and a demonstration of the gospel help us realize our need for Christ, and then respond through singing the story of the gospel. Um, and then life, life groups are a great uh, way for an extension into discipleship to encourage everyone to get deeper in our faith and actually keep each other accountable and pray for the lost and go on mission together. So,
0: When you think about an upcoming Sunday, let's say you're seven weeks out, how do you think about, because mm-hmm. your, your current church and even previous churches, you're picking music, you're picking musicians mm-hmm. uh, and compiling like a, a flow of service or a liturgy. How do you think through that just on a Monday morning, Sunday's coming, what do I do now?
1: Sure. Uh, so we, we look at the scriptures for the week and we try to connect the songs to the specific scriptures. But like I said, the the baseline is the gospel In the accurate picture of the character of God in the lyrics. Uh, I will say stylistically, my method is an old with the new. Like I like both. For me, it's more about the lyrics of the songs rather than the style of the song. And there are a lot of great hymns. You just heard two of them, and we're going to sing another one. And I I just love that. So I love the old and the new as long as the lyrics are centered on the character of God and what he's done for us through Christ. What
0: do you think about not only musically but then – more deeply, liturgically, like prayers, or where that all flows together, how do you, do you have a regular system of how you think through things or i don 't so i 'm not looking for anything it 's like th- like this week we 're doing a prayer of thanksgiving because mm-hmm. we haven 't done it in three weeks, and so that 's kind of my thought
1: well, I think there 's a lot of church historical uh, creeds in prayers that have come before. That would are relevant for us today that we can pray and that we can read through as a as a people and be united in what we believe so i would say honestly it's first in submission to how i think there is in submission to the elders in the leadership of the church and just responding to the needs and the desires of, of where they want to go uh, but i'm up for reading prayers and reading creeds and, and being together in our beliefs and uniting in those things yeah, that's really
0: great um one thing that I've said publicly here, and that you actually differed with on a video, and I think you're right. Um, when I was doing a deep dive, uh, you, you have your own nonprofit mm-hmm. where you work with other music leaders just through education, musical education, but also theological education, and you were teaching um, on what a hymn is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I said maybe six months before that, that a hymn is something that's in a hymnal and people kind of chuckled, and they probably, you all were probably thinking, he doesn't know what he's talking about, but you laughed anyway. So, when you said what a hymn was, what's a hymn for just someone who, you know, I went to music class in third grade, but that's all that I know, really.
1: No, a a hymn is actually a musical form. It's a structure of a song, and so the word is strophic. It's strophic form, so we sing different verses with the same melody and then the same chorus, and so it the reason why it's great is because it's easy to learn. Because you sing a verse, and you might sing different lyrics for the second verse, but it's the same melody. And so it gives you a chance to focus on the words of the song. And so actually, His Mercy is More, the second song we, we sung, was a, it's a hymn. It's a modern hymn. It's same melody, different words for each verse. So what makes something not a hymn? Uh,
0: Besides not that, just what you just Just different said.
1: variations, you know, like if it's a verse and then a chorus and a bridge, it, it's actually harder to learn.
0: Okay. So it's just a different format of yes. a song. So okay. I would
1: say, uh, Oh Praise the Name is, is probably not a, well, Great I Am is not a hymn. Let's just say that.
0: Okay. So I don't know if you knew this, but people differ in the church on hymns and non-hymns or contemporary music, or high-energy music, or, or softer, more liturgical. Some churches only sing the Psalms, right? It's not new to maybe your and I's age. How old are you, by the way? 30. Well, I'm 34. If so. I shave
1: my beard, I'm 19, so I'm okay. keeping my beard.
0: Um, so, so, the church globally, and then as many churches I've been a part of locally, um, have just differed in opinion. Uh, you know, I might wake up and go, you know, we might sing the same song week to week, and the second week I go, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. You know, or the first week it was like, that was the greatest song I've ever heard in my life. And Brooke might go, last week you said you didn't like it. What's up with that? So as you think about shepherding people in song, knowing that, you know, if there are 100 people here, 120 people here, there are going to be 75 different opinions about stuff. How do you think about, you know, you put that hat on on Monday morning, you're thinking about stuff, but you're also bringing us to an understanding of God and his attributes and his gospel. So how do you think about that from a a lyric perspective but then also a musical perspective?
1: Well, uh, I think I understand what you're asking. Uh, But I'm going to take it in this direction if it's okay. okay. I don't care. It's okay with you. Uh, First off, humbly, that this role is a a role of service to the church and there are people that have different convictions of what music should look like. And so it's in a listening faculty that in a listening role that I play in, is that someone might come up and say, hey, I'm really missing the hymns. And I can say, hey, I hear that. Let's, let's do that. You're right. You know, uh, you know there, there are times where it's, we can get caught in our personal preferences, and we have to be reminded that the gospel is central in the main thing that we're trying to focus on. But everyone's got their, their bins on what they, they prefer, and I think that we should represent the church in our, our choices of songs. I don't know if that answers your question. Sure.
0: I mean, people are either going to agree or disagree, right? <laughs> um, so it, let's just say, in in the churches that you've been in, uh-huh. a, a lot of churches are alike, where someone might come up and say, uh-huh. basically, to sum up, I'm discouraged with our music right now. Um, what do you do with
1: that? Do you say I don't care? No. Do you? No. I I listen. I listen and say, you know, well, and try to ask them questions. Why? You know, why are you discouraged? What can I do differently? And, uh, and try to understand before I say anything else, because um, I've learned through, I've only been married for three years, but I've learned that listening is always a good, like, default. So, like, but the same thing applies in ministry. Just listen and, and be quiet and uh, hear what's, what the thought is and what the heart is and, and try to understand and. And, you know, there, there are times where after listening, you have to say, hey, I love you, and I want you to know that, like, we're, even though we disagree, I love you, and I'm, and I'm here to serve the church, we might have to go in this other direction, but a lot of times it's like, you know, you're right, we haven't done, we haven't done very many hymns, we haven't done uh, this type of song, I'll, you know, let's put it in there. yeah
0: When you, um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was listening. I was so listening to you. When you think about pastoring people, one of the places that this role would be a part of is leading a life group ministry. So you know that our church has multiple life groups and they're different and they meet at different times and they're made up of different people. Uh, you currently lead a life group. Mm-hmm. What, is, what does your current life group look like? How do you, I mean, it, life groups are different. So how does your group function? Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, the church now, we go through the sermons and there's sermon questions, but our group also wanted to, read an additional book, and study a little deeper. And so, uh, the group is studying R.C. Sproul's Knowing Scripture, which is kind of an intro to uh, hermeneutics, or biblical interpretation. You know, like when we read the Bible, how do we interpret the scripture, and how do we know that the ori- the author's original intent is in line with our interpretation? And so, it's kind of a surveyed intro into uh, interpreting the Bible. And so, uh, we'll also towards the end of after doing the study and the, uh, the book, we will uh, pray for one another, pray for the lost. And uh, sometimes we try to invite lost people to the group and so that they can get to know Christians and, and Christian influence can expand into the realm of, of the lost world. And so you know, some churches are okay with that, some, some aren't, and it's just a, a different view to that as well. Yeah. What's been a,
0: a challenge just personally within your life group from a leadership perspective?
1: I'll say sometimes it's discouraging when some people are engaged and some people are not as engaged and you're just reading the book and you're like, come on, I want you to get this. I really want you to get this. I want you, this is so important. Uh, but that's just part of ministry and, and we pray for those people and love them and, and just work through those, those things. Yeah,
0: I, I notice a lot of the times we, we think that people just aren't plugged in or engaged at all and they really might be or they may really be going through something to where they're totally distracted on a Tuesday night because of what happened that day or the days before. Um, So it's just a a wide variety of collecting uh, a bunch of sinners together who are hopefully marching towards uh, heaven with one another. Um, I did remember the question I wanted to ask you. One of the things that you've said about your leadership style when it comes to a stage Mm -hmm. is that, uh, these are my words, you, you kind of act as a quarterback, or you are delegating a lot. I think we just saw that he was not the only voice singing. There are multiple people leading. So why do you do that? And then what is your desire for that to, to grow within a worship ministry?
1: Yeah, it's a, my leadership style is very team-oriented. There's a lot of different gifts that other people have that I don't have. And so, you know, I, I think putting those people in those places and encouraging them to use their gift for the benefit of the church is biblical. I mean, you know, it's a picture that God's given different gifts to different people to edify the church, and so my role is to get out of the way in a sense, lead. Like, there should be some visible leadership, but also not be the guy. This is representing the church, and it should represent the church in leadership of Sunday morning.
0: What, if you could say, give us an example of where you've, um, where God has used you to encourage someone and maybe a talent that they didn't have. Mm. So they might, they might come up here and say, hey, I can play the guitar. Mm-hmm. And you're like, brother, you're really good at not playing the guitar. <laughs> so some, something like that, but you're still able to use
1: them and, and it, uh-huh. they've
0: kind of flourished in
1: a yeah, certain way. Yeah, so uh, I can't think of a specific example, but it might be like that person is really technically um, able, like they're, they're really good with technology, and say, hey, you know, I need you... Up there. Like, there's a lot of different things that need to be done. They need help. You know, I'm sure they, they need time off. They, want, they don't want to do it necessarily every week, you know, or maybe they do, but maybe it's good to, to also for them to sit with their family and just worship. Uh, but to kind of plug them into another role where there might be a need, a visible need.
0: Um, what, would, what would be your favorite thing to practically do uh, on a stage on a Sunday morning? If you, if you could have your shot.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Thank you. It took 20
0: minutes, but we got there.
1: I I love just uh, stepping back and playing the guitar and letting letting other people that are good singers sing too, and and I, I just love getting out of the way. You know, I love seeing all the the plans. So like that's one thing people don't understand what it takes to to put music together, music together to make Sunday happen. It's a lot of behind the scenes work. I love doing that and then seeing Sunday happen and go really well.
0: Uh, tell us the instruments that you do play. I think I think you may have mm-hmm. said a little bit earlier, and then maybe the instruments that you're capable of helping other people do.
1: Yes, uh, I play guitar, electric and acoustic piano, and I sing. And then uh, I can play bass. Uh, I can tell uh, Daniel what to do on the drums. So he did a really good job listening. Good job. Where is he at? There he is. Okay. Good job. Right there. Sorry. Can you play the drums? Uh, I can fake it. Yeah. You you wouldn't want me to play on Sunday morning, but I can fake it.
0: <laughs> uh, what would you say where would you say you've grown in an appreciation for local church ministry?
1: So uh, I mean just, just to be honest, I came from a large my first church I served at was a church of five thousand and the mentality there is different than the church I so I went from a church from five thousand to a dying church of fifty. And then my last church, this church I'm at now, is a church of 200. And the mentality from the first church is way different than the church I am now. Because in a large church, it was, well, we just got to get it done. We're going to move forward and do whatever it takes to get it done. And if someone doesn't like it, someone doesn't like it. And this church here has really uh, trained me to love and, in a place of humility, serve the church and not be the driving force necessarily in that way and say, who are our people? How can I love them? And where does the word of God tell me we should be going together? Um,
0: That's great and very encouraging to hear. Uh, you've now been to Enid two times. Uh, your wife's been to Enid once. How did you come into contact with
1: us? Uh, on the, the Gospel
0: Coalition uh, website, the job listing. You saw the job listing, and I think you emailed me, or, and then we talked. How, mm-hmm. how, what's it been like to learn about Enid, learn about our church, Um, we've been able to have a lot of candid conversations about just both of us have moved before, both of us have moved within ministry. Um, What has that experience been like for you and Hannah, thinking of uprooting your family, now a family of three, and going to a new town in a new place? Uh, But then also, what what have you been um, encouraged by or seen about our church in this setting at this
1: time? Those are a lot of questions, man. We should limit the questions to maybe two. (laughs) You you should hear my sermons. Yeah, they
0: make even less sense.
1: Uh, I'll say uh, we really like Enon. Uh, I've heard nothing but positive feedback on raising a family here. Actually, I know uh, some people. One person that I hope he served well while he was here, but his name is Nate Templin. Uh, Actually, we served on staff at the first church I was at. Uh, And then uh, another guy, and I just went blank on his name, but you'd probably know him too. But uh, we, we, we like Enid. Uh, we were really impressed with the people of the church that we've met. And uh, what was the other questions? I don't know. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> what was it like being interviewed and talked about during uh, COVID? Because you and I started oh. talking, and then one month later, uh, no one was allowed to be around each other. And then yeah. the very first day that we were able to open up, we brought you guys here. During that time, we were talking and everything, but what was... What was that like, both starting out and then through all that experience, both for you as you know you're praying you're thinking, and then the world stops, and you're like, "What is the Lord doing not only globally but also within our family
1: I mean, it just, it's been stressful you know we've had starting to have the conversation in February and uh, you know knowing that a baby was coming, and you know okay, God, we have to provide for this baby and uh, we might be moving, we might not be, and and so we really just start praying and asking the Lord to give us peace and and just to make it clear, and we believe He has, and uh, we're just at this point. There's still a lot going on, like poor my wife at home with a newborn, a three or three week week old, and having yeah. to pack a so, house. Is and, she
0: home alone, or let's not make her? She yeah. has family right there with her, or did you? Well, just... they
1: just left today, okay. so well, maybe we need to stop and say Jeremy, a quick prayer for her out loud.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that's interesting. So, uh, you've, you've seen different stuff in town. You've seen, you've toured our facility several times and you've heard about some of the updates are going on. Um, when you think of life group and music, um, and I'll try to wind this down. When you think of life group and music and then just serving in the church, but also serving church members, um, what's, what's one or a couple of exciting things about that to you?
1: Well, um, I think this generation of Christian um, doesn't know the Bible like they, they should. And actually, I'm taking a class uh, in seminary, apologetics. So the reason why we believe what we believe. And as Christians, uh, the world has, has told us that reason and faith are separate. But the reality is, throughout history, Christians have used their reason to influence culture and they have used their reason to and what they believe and knowing why they, they believe what they believe to evangelize. And so I'm really excited about uh, encouraging people to know why they believe what they believe.
0: Really encouraging and great. All right, I'm going to let you get back to that area. I'm going to let all the other musicians come up and, and take your place. Uh, while they're doing that, uh, I just want to remind everyone just briefly of the process. So Jeremy is obviously here tonight. He will lead us uh, musically, and the rest of the music team will lead us musically tomorrow morning, and then we are asking for uh, an affirmative vote. The elders are asking for an affirmative vote. The special meeting has been called for July the 5th, right after the service, so we'll vote there. If you can't make it there, so if you're out of town that day or for another reason that you're unable to make it, uh, we're also going to allow early uh, voting on... July the 1st here in the office. So um, per our policies, uh, that has to be in person and it has to be you, you can only cast a vote for yourself. So that's gonna happen or occur on July the 1st from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then otherwise, it should be an encouraging time for that July 5th time, hopefully and uh, otherwise we'll, whatever the result is, we'll call Jeremy right afterwards and we'll let everyone know as soon as possible. But what we're asking for is an affirmative vote for Jeremy to be the director of music and life groups and then also a second vote on the ballot for increasing our annual budget. Um, That'll be, uh, I don't know the word, annualized, so we'll have five months left by the time he'll start for that prorated time period or price for for the increase of the budget. My mind just went blank. So uh, I can't imagine what these guys are going through. Before we start again, um, obviously, this is not done by one person. Uh, The music is never pulled off by one person. Um, There are people in the sound. There are people on the stage. Uh, So I just want to take a time for you guys to affirm for some of the volunteers around you, but also for those on stage, just give them a hand for what they do for us. You know, last last week, um, one of our one of our leaders who was uh, who was especially leading in that service had a household emergency. So, uh, she and her spouse were unable to be here on Sunday morning. And in and in most churches, I mean, you think most churches are less than two hundred people. In most churches, we would just have to do a cappella the next day. And in just in God's kindness, we have so many singers. We have so many instrumentalists instrumentalists. We we could call Marlene at like 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. probably and just say, can you do it? And she's like, don't even need to practice. So the Lord has just blessed our church in a variety of ways. Uh, Outside of preferences, there's just so many people here to encourage us as we grow. Can you imagine a Sunday morning where you couldn't sing? And like, why wouldn't you want to shout out to who God is? Uh, Also, I want to especially uh, say our thanks, and I hope you will too, to Cheryl and Kyla for how they have been used in the last, I think, 12 or 13 months. Um, they, they really do, on top of what they already do, uh, they put in a ton of energy and a ton of thought and a ton of love to not only the music team, but also to the church when they're working through music and working through scheduling and working through all the particulars of a Sunday morning. Um, And so, uh, ladies, we're really thankful for you. Um, I wouldn't have come here without you, right, because we we wouldn't have been able to pull it off, and I wouldn't want to stay with you or without you as well. So I'm so grateful I wouldn't want to stay with you. I wouldn't want to be here without you here. Um, All right, well, let me uh, me just pray for us. Uh, This is a night of praise where we can be thankful for the Lord on who he is, even outside of us, even outside of these songs. We're grateful for him, so let's bow together and pray. Uh, Father, we are grateful that in your kindness, you deemed it fit to save people like us, even though we were sinful, even though that we were far off. You loved us in such a way that you sent your son so that he would be a sacrifice that we should have been, we couldn't be, but he certainly and definitely was. And so, Lord, we respond to that good news tonight in song, and we respond in praise, and we are grateful for all the million things that you do in our lives and what we are a testimony for, for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name.